cliffcentral.com. time of year it's the recap the review the re-everything basically around sports this week as promised we've got the big rugby show pretty dog shit year actually 2016 all things considered now i put quite a bit of prep into this show so uh, i'm glad you're here with me i've got a special guest as well who i'll introduce in a sec but this year has not been a good year for rugby whether it was the start of super rugby all the way through to basically the box looking well more limp than um, basically a mario biscuit that's been around a dorm room for too long it was not a good year any way you look at it any way you try to shape it but you know what Holidays are here. You're going to be chatting about rugby with your friends. So let me give you lots and lots and lots of ammo to get through all of this. And maybe together we can find some solace in the fact that there's always next year and uh, things will only get better. So where to start? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to start with, uh, well, I've got, like I said, Lots and lots of prep here. We're going to try to jam everything into an hour. So we're going to start off with basically a snapshot of all the happenings. So if I can't sell you on the show in the first five minutes, well, then you can tune out. But trust me, there's so much to get into. Right, let's start off with Super Rugby. The Hurricanes win Super Rugby. The Lions make the final, offering SA fans something to cheer about, as the rest of the teams were very, very dismal. Then we had uh, England winning the Six Nations. They went unbeaten through there. And the new coach, Eddie Jones, this guy, well, he did absolute wonders for this team, didn't he? They couldn't get out of their own pool in the World Cup, right? And people made a big deal of this, and rightly so, because firstly, it was in England. And um, everyone thought, ah, this is so embarrassing for England. They can't win. Stuart Lancaster's only ever given them, you know, the Bridesmaids uh, Award in the Six Nations. But then something really, really, really big and uh, instrumental happened for England. Uh, unfortunately, today I have some bad news for you. When I started with the Stormers, I never envisaged this opportunity had come forward. And so whilst I'm excited about the opportunity to, to coach England, I'm very disappointed about leaving the Stormers. Yeah, I blah, never saw the blah, blah, blah. Back. I got lots of pounds. Okay, so remember that happened. Huh? That was a very big thing because the Stormers' big loss was England's game. So they went into the Six Nations and they kind of blew everyone away. Right, after that, New Zealand complete, oh, completely dominated everyone in the rugby championship. They won most of their games by about 20 points and above. And then they went on to set the 18 consecutive test wins, which was the new world record. And, well, it was always one of those things. Which New Zealand team is going to do this? They were dicking around at 14 for so many years, and then they got to 15, 16, 17, 18, and then they actually lost on the 19th test match against Ireland in Chicago. In the Curry Cup, the Cheetahs, well, they basically went from playing in the Super Rugby and being rather woeful to then having the exact same team and doing bloody well in the Curry Cup. So, luck of the draw, I guess. The Lions have been doing this for the last couple of years. This time around, their players got picked for the box. So, 
Yeah, cheetahs dominated the Bulls in the the Blue Bulls in the final, and there we go, unbeaten in that one. Fiji reigned absolute supreme in the World Sevens. They won the World Series. The Blitzbox just never took the opportunities during last season. Uh, I say last season because, of course, we're already well into this one. Blitzbox doing a lot better. And uh, they won the gold at the Olympics. So it was a really good year to catch some form uh, every four years. If you can do that, then basically that's the pinnacle. So good on Fiji. And uh, their players, obviously, it's, it was the biggest moment in Fiji. I mean, like the guy, the coach that, uh, I forget his name, I think it's Ben Ryan. Uh, he was given like an honorary chiefdom or something. He was given land. I'm pretty sure he was given versions too. But it was something like that. I mean, the guy got a lot. After that, well, we're a Springbok team in living memory, basically. Four wins out of 12. Alistair Gutsia, he started with a loss against 14 Irishmen in Cape Town, which just sounds like a bad joke, but it was actually reality. And uh, that's how it started. It didn't get much better after that. Limping all the way into a loss to Italy for the first time and a record loss to Wales. It was absolutely dreadful. But in England, they kind of round off... Um, Sort of being like the highlights of the year. That is, that's the end of the year being the only unbeaten team in all of uh, the world of rugby. So that was quite a thing to kind of um, digest and uh, full credit to them. So England now have the opportunity to go and break the the All Black record. So if they win the through the Six Nations, they are 19 Test victories. So that's the intro. I told you I was sally on that. Hey, look at that. That was all of three minutes or so. That's what we're going to unpack. And uh, just to get into that, I'm now going to introduce my guest. So, as you know, I'm on Twitter a lot. If you don't follow me by now, then to quote simply read, you'll never, never follow me. But uh, at Follow the Bounce, and I, I like chatting to people because I like the insights. I just do. It's raw. People show a lot of emotion, and there's never been more emotion um, than this year in, in, in rugby. <laughs> Not that, I mean, you get the impression everyone's betting their houses on these games on Saturdays because they just feel so hot heartbroken and down when things don't go well. So I've got um, rugby journalist uh, Keba Matwakai. Yep. Sorry, I should turn your microphone on. That's oh, is, uh, okay. There we Thank go. you. So Keba's with us. Now Keba is uh, he's a rugby journalist. He works in new media. He does a hell of a lot of stuff. And I tell you what, of all the people I've spoken to on Twitter in the last month, is uh, a guy with some pretty cutting insights. So what I want to do with the rugby show, and it's the same I'll do with the cricket show and the other review shows for you, is I'm going to bring someone in, not so much as a co-host, but someone who's got really good insights to kind of, you know, just balance all this stuff. Because I don't, firstly, I don't like talking for an hour, and I'm pretty sure you don't like hearing my voice for an hour. It gets quite monotonous. So, um, Keba, just... I've given you the intro, what we're going to chat about today. Yeah, thanks for having me anyway. Well, thanks so much for coming. And uh, you were dressed in a Stormers jersey, which yeah. means you A, have a sense of humor, or B, you are quite brave. I was just being defined. It's been one of those years. <laughs> I was just being defined. Right. So, um, yeah, so you've obviously been through the highs and lows like everybody. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, like me, you've been through the highs and the lows, and you've got all the information as to why these things are probably happening. Yeah. So I always feel like guys like us, we can't just laugh it off on a Monday yeah. because we know there's some big problems here. So when I chatted to you on Twitter, you kind of succinctly put it to me as what's wrong with this country's rugby right now. The things are in place. So I really like to touch on that with you yep. um, in just a bit. But we are going to start with Super Rugby. Uh, this was the first thing. So you know like the year always starts. It starts with, with a sure. bit of a hangover. Obviously, people get into it's quite slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys are playing rugby in like 30 five degree heats and all that kind of stuff so we do ease into super rugby but eventually when we get into it, it was pretty good the lions were on another level as, as simple as that they compared to the sharks who had lots of injuries yep, yep. i mean just to go through the teams where were the major failings the sharks had injuries they obviously had new coaches 
And an overly defensive, the thing is when you look at it technically, it was an overly defensive um, approach to, to, to things. It worked in certain instances, but whenever they came up against an outfit that could unlock them, usually a Kiwi team, you know, that's yeah. when they became unstuck. They, they could impose themselves on the other South African teams, the other Australian teams. Um, but the minute they met, uh, a team from New Zealand and the Lions because the Lions turned them over twice. They embarrassed them in Durban and they embarrassed them. If I remember correctly, they blanked them in, in Ellis Park unless, yeah, I, I think they blanked them in Ellis Park. And you know what? Uh, the Sharks had a, were very promising. They've got a promising group of players coming through. I mean, uh, you with your current Boshes, your Grant Esther Hazens, John Luke Dupreas, seventeen different Dupreas brothers. Yes, yeah. I actually don't remember which Dupreas brothers who, but um, I, I think John Luke, or he's the one that just John made Luke, his Bach debut. Yeah, so yeah, sure, sure, big John brother, Luke, yeah. and yeah, well, it was yeah a barely successful season for them. But we, were, in all honesty, we we knew from the onset that the Lions were going to lead the charge for okay. South African athletes. Yeah, know. so just just to go through why other teams were so crap. Okay, so the the, the Sharks were just quite one dimensional bully yep. boys. The moment, sure. as you, as you said, the moment skill was thrown against yes. their bulliness, they came, they, they were came unraveled. Like, yep. Stormers, um, Stormers, Stormers didn't play any New Zealand teams. Yeah, so they had, they had this false sense of, of grandeur. And um, you know, uh, uh, the Stormers have been regressing since the heady days of twenty. 2010, 2011, 2012, when they were the best team or the most balanced team in Super Rugby, they regressed. And the, I think they were at the bottom of a cycle in yeah. uh, the, the season. And not much was expected of them. But when you looked at that draw, it was a very lovely draw. And I was like, at the most, we must get to the playoffs. Yeah. We got to the playoffs, but unfortunately, we got humiliated. Yeah, we got thumped by by the Chiefs. And that was the Stormers were the team for me that basically showed up a lot of shortcomings yeah. in the whole conference system. Firstly, yes. how you can never play any New Zealand team uh-huh. whatsoever, and secondly, how you can get into the playoffs yep. and make a team like the Chiefs travel. Sure, I thought it was kind of insulting. Um, it, it, you know what? Uh, from from a spectacle point of view, you just wanted to see the Stormers test themselves against. A key out. I mean, there's not, what's better than watching the Stormers take on the, the Crusaders at Newlands with all those, uh, Cape Crusaders, yeah. uh, going down to Waikato to take on the Chiefs because, I mean, the All Blacks, New Zealand is the re- leading rugby nation on, on earth and you want to test yourself against the very best. Now, if you're being robbed of that opportunity up until the playoffs. Could, could mean, use the word robbed, yes. Yes. From a spectator, the spectator's point of view, it was a bit of a letdown that draw, but, um, from, for my super brew, it was very nice because I always could, I could always say the Stormers are going to win, the Stormers are going to win, and then they'd lose. The yeah, ugly, because so. they're playing like the Force yeah, and the, yeah, the Sun and Wolves. The sun twice. Wolves and the Kings twice and the Sun Wolves twice, Cheetahs twice. <laughs> But it's true, though. I mean, you say robbed because you don't learn anything through the tournament. You only yep. play against a good team and you go, sure. well, you know what? Those guys were so dynamic. That's mm-hmm. why we need to do this with our defense. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do anything. Sure, sure. They didn't anything. They knew they could just sort of grubber their way around things and yeah. they were there. The Cheetahs, probably not the squad to really be going no. out. I mean, uh, they started off against um, the Jaguares yes. with a very ill-tempered oh. match uh-huh. and, which, and they couldn't even win that yeah. one. And they're in like 13 guys in the field for most of the game. Sure, sure. Well, the Cheetahs are South Africa's uh, second team because of the re- lovely rugby that they play. Yeah. But unfortunately, on defense, their kicking game and their defense is just not of standard. And naturally, what's the point of scoring tries if you're going to score? Concede more, so you you knew from the from the onset that you know what uh, the cheaters are going to struggle, but it's uh, you know the, the, the free state is a shopping 
is a shopping aisle for South for the rest of the country. So yeah. you, you just get to see these players coming through. You'll expect them to see. You'll expect to see the player at the Sharks because they're like the Sharks Academy. You'll see those players at some point at in, in Cape Town or in in in, in Pretoria, or, or or Johannesburg. So not much was expected of the Cheetahs other than. Uh, and in ente- for entertainment value. Sure. And yeah. of course, new coaching staff as well, very yes. inexperienced yes. and just uh, finding their yeah. way. After years of like mediocrity, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, the Bulls, of course, similar kind of problem. There's not a lot of seniority. There's yes. not a lot of, yes. not a leadership. Uh-huh. They, you could say again, bottom of a cycle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, again, just frustrating. Cause I mean, if you look at all those teams, I don't think we need to just draw on too much of the Kings. We all know that their, yeah, their issues, it's, it's pretty obvious. They were they, screwed. I mean, going to the tournament, these guys, the players weren't getting paid. Sure, um, sure. Cheeky Watson, I don't know what he's doing down there, but <sighs> it was just rough. So again, all of that, but at least we had the Lions and, um, there's a couple of games that come to mind. Firstly, the way they absolutely killed the Bulls at Loftus. They absolutely murdered them. It, you know, um, the man, I'd never thought, I'd never seen, Oh, what's the game in which the blinds that actually won at Loftus in Super Rugby? I don't think I've ever seen them. And the way True. in which they did it. Well, they, was, they hadn't prior to that game. If, if, it was the first time ever, right? Yeah. And the rugby that they played. The man in which the Lions played against most of South African teams showed how far behind. When a South African team is exposing other South African teams, that's and when badly, you know. And badly. so badly. Except, well, we'll get to it later, but that perfor- that match between the Lions and the Stormers at Ellis Park, that was a very, very good game. It was like a test match. It yeah. really wasn't, uh, because you get, you got that feeling that a lot of people were, a lot of players that day were auditioning for Springbok places. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and, they, and they read, they put a showcase Yeah, on. it really was a very, it, it was my favorite South African match. We lost, but it was my favorite match of the season. Yeah. And it promised a lot, yeah. Well, you know, they started off so well, the Lions did in Super Rugby. They went over to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. They got, they beat uh, the Chiefs away. Yes. Okay, they came a bit unstuck towards the end of that, tor- the end of the trip there. But then when it came to crunch time. yeah. Yeah, when it came to crunch time, they were very good against Crusaders in the quarters. Clinical, it could be I, said. I went to, you know, the things are, are bad when you look forward to watching a Lions game. I went with my mates to the Crusaders quarterfinal and the magic against the Highlanders in the semis. My word, that stadium was rocking and you just sensed that you sensed that the Lions could do the Crusaders dirty. They had the momentum. They had the players who were in form. They had the game to trouble the Crusaders. That, which is very important. They had the game to trouble the Crusaders sure. and the Highlanders. And of course, there's that thing called altitude, which counted and they sure. blew. Those matches were evenly balanced up until probably halftime and after that, just watching the Lions blow them away, blow the finest Kiwi teams on offer away, said, okay, these guys are the real deal. And after years of mediocrity, it really, it, it's probably South Africa's rugby story of the year in terms of super yeah, rugby. It is. It is, definitely. It is. Well, uh, in the background here, here's the Lions just dismantling the heart. Yeah, oh, like they, they got off to a really great start there. Yeah. But also, you know, people were thinking like the Lions were going to then climb up come playoff time. And no, they, they didn't. didn't. They just they, kept they, doing what they knew. They, they expressed themselves. You, you know, you can see when a team is motivated, when it's happy, when it's well coached. And that Lions team had all of this. Seeing a QE team being run off the field, run off the pitch with their, with their own game plan. I mean, there was a try that, the, the, I don't know if that's it, that where for two minutes, the it. ball wasn't play. Yeah. But 
the South African team scored. It's that's not that's not the script. Usually, when a match is in play, when the ball is in play for an extended period of time, the Kiwi team always scores. Yeah, yeah. because they so, always do when it gets yes. open. Exactly. But our players, the Lions players, were fit and they had the skill. But it's, it's something that was being said earlier yeah. in that tournament. Yep. Just listen to that roar. Yo, man, I was in that. I was at that end when when Jakob Kriel got that point, and I kissed one of my mates on his cheek. Uh, longer than longer than was necessary, but that's another story. <laughs> the good rugby does. Yeah. <laughs> People were saying earlier on, you know, that the the Lions are playing New Zealand rugby and beating New Zealand teams, yes. and they did it all the way through. Yes. In the process, though, they took two heavy uh, defeats during league play. First against uh, Hurricanes, Hurricanes, and then against the the Crusaders. They obviously righted the wrongs with the Crusaders. But then um, there was a call controversial, should they go to the Jaguars with full strength? I mean, it was still to oh. this day. We're not getting into that debate now because if, if. what's happened happened. At the time, I thought, you know, it's not a terrible call because, yeah. it's, again, what can what can take away from them might mean they might lose in the quarters. But then you get people saying, yeah, but you're going to play the Sharks in the quarters. This is as good as a gimme. But when it comes down to these things, and I think, again, it's the role of the media. We're very opinionated. Sure. Um, Johan Ackerman was with these guys for yep. years and years. I think he has a pretty good understanding. He knows he's, yeah. So when it comes to a coin toss, which I believe it was back then, yep. you got to go with what the coach is doing. Okay, it didn't pay off. Yeah, they did, basically yeah. went to, uh, the cake tin and it was your usual yeah. horrible Wellington day. Yeah, and they got done. I mean, the rain and all that kind of stuff. Look, the Hurricanes should have won Super Rugby in 2015. Yes. There's no doubt about They're that. Good. Okay. The guys realized, well, hang on a second, guys. Look, we can't just walk through this thing because that's the, the way they play. Um, but, yeah. But it, it was almost like, uh, fate was going to go, okay, cool. You can have this one because yeah. there was only one team in that final. It, it, it really was. When you look at the rise of, I mean, since the Crusaders, uh, the Crusaders are not regressed. The Chiefs, the Highlanders, and the Hurricanes have improved immeasurably. Yeah. And they, really they used to play, the problem with those teams was they used to play basketball. Mm. They used to play basketball, sexy rugby, hardly any forwards involved, score a trial with 15 men involved in a move. But, but basically the Blues. Y- yes, yes. The, but then I think that's, wh- that's where uh, the transformation came when they got in, these teams got in coaches like your John Plumtrees and Jamie Josephs who, one teams that have got good forward packs, good strong set pieces, and yeah. a good kicking game. Structures. Oh, I mean, uh, the Kiwi players, I believe, are the most uh, skillful on, on the planet. So if you can discipline them, you have the finished product. And lo and behold, in the, in the past four years, the Hurricanes, the Highlanders, and the Chiefs have won Super League because yeah. they tightened their game. Exactly. Yeah. And they just had something they can build on each yes, year rather yes. than just throwing mm-hmm. caution to the wind. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a shame to see that, you know, a little bit of pressure gets applied to the Lions and then they did capitulate. And then we saw it with, with players like, um, Junchies and Fafta Clerk. I mean, on their day, <sighs> we saw what they could do on the high yes, fouls and all the way yes. through the season. And we thought that'd be really great if they could take that to the box because we need to run. And again, the pressure, the margins got cut down sure, and, uh, it was, rugby, man. it was Super Rugby final yep. over again. So that was it. Super Rugby well, uh, Super Rugby champions, the Hurricanes. Now, yeah, look, the show is just about reviewing uh, this year. It's not yeah. about going into next year. So, sure. as a Stormers fan, I think we just write it off. That's it. Uh, Hurricanes well, won. Look, <laughs> I was uh, the Stormers' chance to win Super Rugby was blown a few seasons in they 1998 had, against the Highlanders. 99, <laughs> and those three years in which they went to the semi-finals and one year to the final in 2010, 2011, that was a yeah. golden opportunity, and it was blown. No, I don't so think right. they've actually had quite a few. Yes, they've got the worst record in. They've got the worst playoff record in Super Rugby. 
Worse than do. the Sharks. No, they've got a horrible. Okay, wait, Look, sorry. Sharks have played in the most finals without a getting victory. The Stormers have only won one playoff match in their mm. history. One. So, yeah. So, getting on to the Six Nations mm-hmm. then. Kevin, you are full of insights, huh? After yeah, really so six Nations? Oh, well, after Six re- Nations. I, it's not the kind of rugby that I enjoy, but I try to indulge. Uh, yep. no, I'm just going to rein you mm-hmm. in time-wise. I mean, sure, I was sure. going to be up. We're going to be halfway through sure, this sure. thing. So Six Nations, uh, yeah, like I said in the top of the show, Stuart mm-hmm. Lancaster was in charge of the English, and they could only ever really finish second. Yeah. That was obviously a, a big part about Ireland was so good for such a long stage. Uh, Wales were pretty handy. Yeah, uh-huh. So it was tough. It really was. Ireland kind of plateaued a bit this last year. Uh, Wales also had their, you know, players coming to end their career kind of thing. Yes. Scotland yes. and Italy, Italy will never, will never win yeah. Six Nations, I think, because they haven't got the team. They haven't got the resources. Yeah. They can't maintain intensity mm. for the long period. Scotland are doing pretty well right now. I reckon yeah. the Scots could probably beat the box, but that's neither here nor there. Georgia would beat the box. It's a, it, is, it is a fair point. <laughs> and then we've got France who, Again, this is it's a show in itself about how infuriated those guys must yes. be about why they can't do anything. Like the club system is not enough French players. The argument will always yeah, go on. They, I don't think they're asked about national rugby, to be honest. They're, no. they're very inward looking. I don't think they care about the national team. I don't think so. With the amount of foreigners, because those foreigners, think about they're actually blocking off up and coming uh, uh, young French players from, you know, playing for the good teams, your Toulons and so on. You need. Good friends, good young players at your main teams in France, not not on the outskirts, your Pauls or Grenobles and whatever. No, yeah. no not going to work. Yeah, so um, going into that, Eddie Jones was very confident yeah. right from the start that he was going to do great things with that team. Mm-hmm. People have been saying, you know, he obviously inherited good structures, which he really did, and there's no doubt about that. But the guy just seemed like he was up for it right from the start, to quote a cliche. Very good. Discussions, uh, since then. So this is some guy in a suit basically uh, introing Eddie, but you can just tell this, this first sort of press conference yes. where he's arriving there with, oh. with, with pounds in his eyes. Look, um, the devastation that many people connected to Western Province rugby felt when he did a U-turn. Oh, I don't blame him. Um, I mean, it's yeah, about it's, financial security. It's professional. You felt, you just knew that the Stormers had lost a very good coach there and that whoever was going to pick him up was going to, was, was going to succeed. He's just a good coach. He's yeah. a very good coach. And in modern sports, more than ever before, good coaches are modern sports, not modern rugby, modern sports. You need good coaches in team sport. And, exactly. Because yeah. there's so many different demands. Yes. And again, yes. it's about maintaining intensity. So yep. here's, here's Eddie, first moment in the job. Uh, firstly, I'd just like to thank Ian and Bill for the opportunity to coach England. He looks smug too. It's a very exciting opportunity. He always looks smug. Hugely talented team. England have won two of the last three under 20s World Cups. There we go. That's a very important point there. It's a a great opportunity to catch these players. And obviously, the the team plays at Twickenham, which is a fantastic stadium that's full of enthusiastic supporters. So I'm looking forward to the project ahead of us. So the reason I play this for you now, okay, the interview took place in November 2015, yeah, yeah. so that's not even this year. But the thing is, he got there and he knew. When playing at Twickenham, people don't actually put a lot of emphasis on this. Yes. It is a real bonus. You've yes. got a home stadium. It's so your fortress. Yeah, boy. You can set up the cameras to track uh-huh. your players. Uh-huh. It's familiarity. It's a place that everyone aspires to go to. It's a really big deal. Yeah. Now, another thing was that he brought up the whole youth system. And we, have, we haven't got time, unfortunately, mm-hmm. to go into the under-20 mm-hmm. World Cups for this, this review show. Basically... It's another tournament that the Springboks yeah. aren't winning right now. 
But he knew he's got a decent enough existing st- structure. The guys in that World Cup weren't terrible. They yep. just didn't click. That's all. Yeah. They've got a good club system because they're also of the opinion that if you're going to play for England, you must play in England. Thank you. You can be part of that yep. team. So Eddie went there going, guys, I've actually got this pretty good. Yes. All I need to do is just basically talk some sense into these guys to unleash them their properly potential. And yeah. And just from that press conference alone, you could just see it. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm felt, a good wicketer. I, I felt a sense of dread. I was like, uh-oh, here we go. The, um, an Australian who wants to prove a point and naturally, what, what's better than to coach an English team to the heights of, of world rugby? And it is. when he, he caught me, when he said, uh, you know, the, they've won two of the last three and the 20 World Cups, which is now three of the last four because yeah. they won this year. Yeah. It said a lot because now he also had a very good and enthusiastic batch of youngsters coming through in every exactly. and they're being exposed because I, I think there's a limitation on the amount of foreigners allowed in English rugby yeah. because they want English boys playing at the highest level and it's now transferring to Nash. They're, they're, they're going to stay there for a while. They're going to, and until the Springboks, of course, get their act together. Well, it yeah. is. It's going to become a yeah. two-horse race. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that later in the yeah, show. Sure. So look at the Six Nations, how they went about it. They had an opening game against Scotland, a little bit rusty. They won 15-9. Yep. They were away to Scotland. Sure. Then they were away to Italy. They won 40 points to nine. Surprise, surprise. And then with those two teams out of the way, they then had to really go for it, okay? Yeah. So then they beat Ireland 21-10. Tough game against Wales, 25-21 eventual winners there. Then icing on the top. Beating France 31-21. So they won it. Wales came second. Yeah. Ireland third. Scotland fourth. France all the way down in a lowly fifth. And then Italy, well, yes. Italy's Italy. Yeah, well. Uh, but hey, they still beat us. Let's forget that. Let's oh, not forget that. Let's not jump the gun here. There's <laughs> lots to go. So that was your six nations. And it's difficult to see England kind of, unless there's lots and lots of injuries, the other teams now have to not only just be their best, they need to raise their game now. And this is a beautiful thing that we've seen in the rugby championship. Yeah. The only way you're going to win the rugby championship, if you can do something that New Zealand maybe hasn't done. Yeah. It's the same with Ireland, Wales, France, Scotland, Italy, whatever. They need to do something that England maybe aren't doing. And that is really good to have such like strong forerunners now. It's brilliant for rugby. I yeah. really do think it's true, true, incredible. True. Which then brings us on to, well, the rugby championship. Now, there's, some, there's so much that can go into it with stats and all that kind of stuff. But all you can really say is that I think physically, psychologically, whatever you want to put it, New Zealand are just so head and shoulders. And people were saying, yeah, it's the best, greatest team. And I'm not ever going to dispute that because they have been so good for for so long. Since late 2009, they've been the, world, the world's top yeah. team in the world rankings. Okay, Since 2009, mm-hmm. we... We were losing our shit because we managed to get it for like 10 months or for something. For 10 months, yes. Yeah. And we missed an opportunity. I mean, that end of year tour was an opportunity to cement in 2009, to cement our number one spot in the world. And we stuffed around uh, yeah, was, selections. Oh, we stuffed around and it's never been the same since. It was in the decline of the PW era. Yeah. So there's nothing more sort of um, definite than uh, round six of Super Rugby, or sorry, the Rugby Championship. Sorry, not round six. Sorry, sorry, I was. Uh, Mets, you know, I, I was. I was just going to skirt through all my prep and yeah. basically say New Zealand are amazing. But there is something to point out here. Yeah, the Springboks through. We were the Springboks section at the end here. So yeah. but the Springboks through rugby championship. They were so undecided what to do. Yes, there was the whole thing about playing rugby, running rugby. Yeah, it's like, do I pick my incumbents or do I go with the Lions? As you can see, I wasn't entirely sure what to go with, and even said now in hindsight, he said maybe he his selections weren't right at the beginning because he had his various challenges. But then, eventually, when the box said, right, we're picking Mornay Stain, it was one of those situations where 
it was this is either a very good thing or a very yeah, bad thing. It's, it's going to work against somebody, but definitely not against the All Blacks. So basically, Mornestan was brought in, yeah. and I say it was brought in because it was a, it was it wasn't a hospital pass; it was a stopgap option. Yep. Elton Junchies wasn't working. Patrick Lamby was broken. Yeah. So they had needed him because Johan Kursen wasn't ever seen as a fly half. Yeah. So Mornestan came in. He single-handedly kicked his way to a win for the box mm. at Loftus. What a boring game! I went there. Not I know that, and that was one of the most painful games boring of the year. Game. <laughs> and everyone thought, okay, well, you know, they've got the win because at this stage they had a horrible overseas trip. They lost to Argentina away. They lost. lost everything away um, and then everyone thought okay look as long as they just get the win they stop the rot they got the win now they can start building yeah no they didn't they went to yeah. Durban yeah, we've I think we fooled ourselves into thinking that you know what the rot had been stopped yeah. and the to to be to think that we're what twelve nine behind against the All Blacks and eventually lost fifty seven fifteen. That they scored forty five points in the second half. Forty five. Yeah I was thirteen in- the last oh. I was in the stands that day, and it was well. Who was this? Oh no! It, oh look! At it. Yeah, it was like watching a first team, a great college first team, taking on like Bloemfontein High School's fourth team. It, the, the, the difference between and in quality between both those sides was very, very big. It was like you, you know when you play FIFA and yeah. um, and you've got your, your friends better than you are, yeah. so you give them the fast team, and then you end up playing with like I don't know Watford or something, <laughs> and and your friends got Real Madrid. Yeah, and uh, the players were so much faster. Everything about them was quicker, stronger, yeah. more efficient. The passes went to hand. Yes, we tried literally. I'm telling you right now. That Springbok performance would have been enough to beat other, well, um, um, average uh, international sides. But at this level, it was not enough. It just was not enough. And they, I think the reality set in. The reality finally set in that we are in cuck. We are in such we cuck. We are in cuck. The reality set in that day. And I, I said, you know what, uh, this year could get worse. I, I believed it from the good go that this year could get worse because of where, because now it shattered, it shattered these guys psychologically, mentally, it shattered them because I mean, you know, you had players like, we had so many players on form going into that rugby championship. Uh, a lot of them were not given an opportunity. Some failed because, um, you know, just bad coaching, just a whole lot of, uh, of existential factors and, from the highs of the Lions uh, playing so well in Super Rugby, you seeing a lot of these, the very same Kiwi players that they were embarrassing in Super mm. Rugby, smacking them like that was yeah. like, oh man. It was so frustrating yeah. to see when TJ Paranara scored that try, basically where he dribbled the ball a few Ooh. times over the line. That maybe was a precursor to what kind it. of day it was going to be. French referee. <laughs> was enough for the French referee. Yeah. These guys, uh, but you could just see like the belief then they were a little bit slower to get behind the post after the tries, yeah. a little bit slower to get back to the halfway line. And, uh, Adrian Strauss, you know, who was the stopgap captain for yep. the year, despite the fact that we found out later he had no interest of going past 2016, which is also interesting. Mm. He, he had, he, his body language was so, like, he was like, well, what do I do? Like, what can I possibly do? We're literally fighting against Thunder here. And, uh, that Thunder just kept coming and coming and coming. And as you say, that second half was one of the most embarrassing and scintillating performances you've ever seen. That, that, that last 15 minutes when the Springboks gave up. 
they gave up. You saw them giving up. Yep. And when you see a Springbok team giving up against the old foe, I mean, it doesn't count as a rivalry anymore because they're so much better than us. But yeah, until, until such time that we're good enough to beat them and to see them giving up and the body language of the players and, as you say, of the captain and of the coach. I mean, a co- the coach is not even forlorn. I don't even think Alistair Kutsi was understood what just happened, the significance of that moment. I don't think he did. Yeah, it was kind of a thing like being mugged, but you didn't see your, your yeah. perpetrators. It yeah. was just that quick. Sure. In a subway, in and out, and you're done. Yeah. And so that was the rugby championship. Again, another title for New Zealand. They just seem to have all of that. I'm pretty uh, sure when, the, when they addition captains for New Zealand rugby, they just see what it looks like when they raise oh, their hand for the trophy. Because that's one of the things they do. Maybe it's a gym workout they do. Because all they ever do is they just lift trophies, these and, guys. And and if you notice, they never get tired of winning the rugby championship. They never get tired because, no. as Nick Mallet said it in that post match, that the rugby championship is a true reflection of rugby superiority. Yep. The rugby World Cup, okay, the All Blacks have finally cornered that market in the last two yeah, rugby World Cups, again. but. You, you know what? The Rugby World Cup was just a lottery. You know, you can win a Rugby World Cup, yes, but you just need seven good performances in a row against... 2007. Yeah, that you just need seven good performances in a row. And, and in your group stage, you've got teams that are like ranked 12th, 13th, 20th, whatnot uh, in the rankings. And you just need a good run and avoid a very good team in the playoffs. Yep. And you win it. Now, in Rugby Championship, you have to take on Australia. England, uh, sorry, Australia, New Zealand, and Argentina, home and away. Yeah, there's there's no way to hide. There is no way to hide, and uh, a lot of when you reflect on Heineke Mayer's coaching stint, he missed out on the rugby championship twice. Huh? Mm. Uh, there, were, there were there were some damaging defeats that he suffered against Australia away in 2014, and uh, I think it was 2013 as well. And we we were in the running to win those. Completely. So the fact that we, we did we finish last season? I actually don't remember if we finished last or third. I think we finished third because Argentina were somehow worse. Yeah. And we finished last year, last year, but it didn't count. So the fact that um, New Zealanders have placed so much emphasis on dominating and they want to come back and dominate just to remind you that, you know what, we own you. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. When do you ever hear New Zealanders talking about we're building for the World Cup. We're building for the World Cup. No. We want to dominate now. I want to be number one now for the rest of eternity. But that's another thing this rugby championship showed us yeah. is that when I think they lost something like 700 caps from the World Cup final. Yeah. And they somehow made the rugby better. It's because their structure oh, is just man. so good. Everything about that team. And, yeah. and understanding the players have, again, yes. it's like the players all know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. So if you're a guy like, um, what's that new center? Uh, double barrel name. Uh, uh, Leonard Brown. Okay, Leonard, Leonard Brown, Brown, right? Yeah. If we were sat in the studio this time last year and I mentioned that name to you, we wouldn't have much to say, no. right? Not a lot. Uh, he play, I think by the end of the rugby championship, he had about five caps, but he looked like he'd played for the All Blacks for 60. Exactly. He looked like he'd be there for 60. It looked like, like Conrad Smith would ask for his autograph after the match. That's how entrenched the guy looked because that's how good a team is. Ben, Youngsters can come in like that. Then when you see somebody like Malakai Fakitoa eating bench, no, no, yeah. not even bench, stands, <laughs> Malakai bloody Fakitoa, and that's when you know you are up against it. And, and, and remember there was somebody else who couldn't um, there was another center who couldn't crack it into, crack into the all black team. Now, when you look at that quality, these guys would walk into other international squads. The teams we built around. Oh my <laughs> God. So yeah, man. Anton Leonard Brown, I think was the story that needs more focus that somebody 
by the end of the rugby championship, he still had less than 10 caps, but he looked like he'd been there for years. Yeah. It, it says it a really lot. Was. It does. It says, it says a lot. lot about that team. Yeah. Which then moves on to the Curry Cup. And we mentioned at the start of the show, um, well, the Curry Cup was basically the cheaters. They went in there. And um, I actually remember chatting to Nick Mallard about yeah. this. I'm not name dropping. It's just that this is, <laughs> it, it came back to me after a golf day. And he said, you know, it's a bunch of men playing around, giving some kids a club week in, week yeah. out. Because that's what a lot of teams were left with. Um, the, this is what the Curry Cup amounts to nowadays. Whoever has the least of the best teams in, in the country, their best unions, whoever has the least players in the Spromox is going to win it. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. This is how it is. Yeah. And they get to stay out on mm-hmm. a shiny summer's, summer's yeah. day with Hugh Blade in the background. Uncle Hugh. Schumann on his way with the drop kick. And yeah, this Curry Cup final. Ah, they played off the, the they played the Bulls off the park. Ah, the, it was not close. Well, they, it was not close. Well, see, the thing about the Cheetahs is they played the Bulls off the park, you yeah. say, but the week prior to that, they beat the Lions fifty-five seventeen. Okay, this was a very different Lions. Exactly. And this is a Lions team didn't have a momentum of going through a season of clapping all yes. all the kids with these grown yeah, men because all the good players were away, losing with the Swimbox, losing with the from the very first move here. The Cheetahs are running it, but yeah. like they're running it with purpose. We are not even in the first minutes, and they've. Ready got the other side of the field the way these guys played was so encouraging of course Curry Cup there's a lot, lot more space yeah. the way they were unlocking talents like um, mm-hmm. Sergio Peterson who Sergio was running Sergio Peterson in that semi-final in the Curry Cup you thought you know what if this guy yeah. could just be nurtured developed and properly yes. put into a box team he will mm-hmm. be an international superstar but then you got a guy like Neil Murray he was pretty solid as their fly mm-hmm. their forward pack was dominant yeah it really was yeah. Um, uh, Kasim was man of the match in this, uh-huh. in this Curry Cup final Francois Fenter as the captain, he was amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, um, Blomakis? Clayton. I uh, think well. that guy is a real talent going forward. If nothing else, this Curry Cup unearthed the fact that we definitely have the backs yes. that need to be used properly. That yes. Clayton Blomakis for me, booming, massive, huge boot. Exactly. So if you've got a guy who's conservative like Alex Garcia, who goes, yeah, well, you know, we need Johan Kirsten's boot to the back. This Clayton Blomakis was punching the ball 60, 65 meters for touch. Step like you have no idea. Offloads like he's doing in his sleep. Yeah, it was uh, something to see. So there was talent. If mm-hmm. that alone, the Curry Cup taught us that there yes, was talent. Yes, and you know you should have seen most of the, the the tries of the week compilations that I witnessed from this year's Curry Cup. There were at least two cheaters tries because man, those things were aesthetically beautiful. They played some very nice rugby, and they were just so good. Yeah, they were so good. Uh, look, it, we were not surprised. We were not surprised that they were going to win that Curry Cup. Some of us called it that. You know what? The cheaters are going to that final. At the least, and yeah, I mean, yeah. you're betting with that. Well, you're betting on the handicap; they're going to yes, win by twelve exactly. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was the Curry Cup, which then gets us into the sevens. Ooh. Now, the sevens. Well, it was again; it was just Fiji, really. The Blitzbox. No, I disagree. I disagree. The Blitzbox had opportunities, yes. never took them. I, New Zealand, as a team, they had no players left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think okay with the with the the Blitzbox had so so many opportunities to win this. Yeah. There were so many. L- like finals, unnecessary losses in the semis, in the finals, and I think that the the points differential at the end of the season was ten points mm-hmm. between number one and number two, and all it needed was for them to be composed. There was a final we lost in Hong Kong. Yeah, I get that that one. That was where I think the series was gone because we should have clapped that queue, those queues. We should have. Well, Hong Kong being a sort of bulky tournament for the Bitsbox, they always seem to... Never won it before. It's so strange. A team that's so prolific all around the world in all conditions. And lest we forget what that that uh, travesty of justice in Wellington oh, last year. 12. My... Was it last year or this year? Oh. It was the New Zealand 8s. Yeah, oh, man. 
That riff, oh, okay. Uh, you know what? For a change, a South African could mourn about that riff. That riff, he was bent. No, it was ah, he was bent. <laughs> but the thing is, the Fijians, they were they were the composed team. So they went yeah. on, and whenever they got yeah. the opportunity, they, they t- kind of took it. And like, yeah. they were just so, so good like that again. Yeah, composure. Great, um, great coach, great management, and they had the composure. Oh, guys, we know that we've got the talent and the, and the game players. Yes. It's just, I love watching this team, and everyone does. The, the, yeah, it's, I think the only problem. Oh well, the with the upcoming season, the only thing they'll need to do, as we said, composure, yeah, ruthlessness. Don't play with your food, and the way in which they dismantled everybody. We already know that there's a pace setter. Everybody now knows that there's a pace setter. It's the blitz box, and everybody's going to raise their game. We just hope that the the the, the blitz box can weather that storm and continue winning in Cape Town because you know. But yeah. I almost think that um, with a season like they had in 2016. Yes. It's going back to the Hurricanes example again. Sure. There was a team that had opportunities to win Super Rugby. Yes. They somehow managed to fluff it. Because, I mean, oh, as great as the yeah. Highlanders were in 2015, sure, sure. I think they, they were lucky. So now with the Blitzbox in the back of a season like they had, this yeah. is why I think they, they are the favorites for this year. Uh, so somebody was saying, uh, one of the commentators uh, in Dubai, is saying that it, it feels as if the, Springbox, the, the Blitzbox underachieved in Rio. Yeah. Um, they should have been in the final at the least. And to witness Great Britain getting thumped, we all knew that Great Britain did not have what it takes well, to that, take that, on Fiji. They had a couple of weeks to prepare. It was throwing to get the team, uh, basically, uh, of England and a couple e- of other Exactly. Accents. So, yeah, that, 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 we missed out on a silver medal at the least. But yeah, it is what it is. We care. At least they won something. Well, they won something. Yeah. So they ended up with the, with the, the bronze. bronze yep. And, uh, Fiji, they went to the tournaments as favorites and, uh, the greatest moment in Fijian sport yeah. there was. Yeah. Gold medalists. And wow. one, the image that all, uh, lost for me was how they received their medals. They got down onto their knees and they received the medals from the, 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 the dignitaries. And I was like, these people are very humble and you cannot think of nicer people. I would have had them. Or the, or the Blitzbox winning that goal and nobody else. And yeah. But it, yeah. It, again, it was Fiji are a sevens team yes. and that's what they're known for. But yes. yet they somehow became one of the highlights of the Olympics yes. because they really did embody uh-huh. the Olympic spirit yes. like very few could ever even imagine. Exactly. Or care. And the fact that it was the, I couldn't believe that it was actually their first ever gold medal. And like, wow, at least when, which is satisfying because it's a sports that they excel in. Mm-hmm. And to see that that sport delivers a gold medal for Fiji. With recent troubles, like in recent years, they've had troubles that we won't go into. But yeah, we're very happy for them. Yeah, it was it was a nice addition to the rugby as well yeah. because we all love the sevens and the World Series is always great. Yeah, the fact that we could be part of the Olympics and it was such a great vibe in that yeah. purpose-built stadium. Exactly, it was always a nice thing to watch. Yeah. In, you know, in contrast to all the other stuff. I, I think that was the most by f- f- without even competition. That was the most successful of all the new sports. I mean, it's a hit. It's a totally. hit. And it's going to stick. Sure. So that leads us into the sort of business end, the final part of the show. And, um, <laughs> well, we've been through the internationals. I'll just touch on it there. New Zealand were amazing this year. They won everything except for a strange game in America mm-hmm. where there were no doubt they just got the record of 18 test uh, consecutive wins. The media were no doubt pulling them apart. And uh, they had a very plucky Irish side who yeah. just seemed to know what they were yeah. doing. And uh, they won that one. So New Zealand finished the end of the year number one in the world, okay? Yep. Like I said, they've been here since late 2009. Sure. England finished second because they were the only unbeaten team this year. Yep. They are now on 14 wins, 13 wins this year, consecutive wins. Australia, well, they were up and down, but they had a pretty plucky, decent end-of-year tour. 
I know they lost uh, yep. two games. He stirred, yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, they 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 did push Ireland all the way. Ireland not not that bad. England by by pulling away from Australia the way they did just showed that yeah. it's them and, and and New Zealand in the world, and then it's the rest. Even though from what I've from what I've noticed, what I picked up, uh, Jakob Paper is not held in high regard after the way he handled that game. I, I wouldn't know, but apparently, it, or the game before that. Oh yeah, he had, sure. a, he had a double header of crap. Oh yeah, he really did. <laughs> so that's your that's your top three yeah. uh, world ranking wise for the end of the year. Ireland in fourth, full credit for that. Wales by beating SA in their last match, go to fifth. SA now at sixth. We have been this low before. No. The lowest we've ever been was fifth. Is under Strawley, Rudolf Strawley. I remember that horror tour of two th- oh, oh, oh. We, we, we dropped under sixth before. Um, I think that's what I mean. I stand to be correct. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth discussing now. But So we're down all the way at sixth. Now, not, to not be in the top five in the world, I think there's some people who are sweating in boardrooms as we speak and, and will do for quite some time. This isn't something yes. where one meeting basically everyone's like, well, guys, we've got to pull our socks up. There are so many different things, and we're not going to get into this show. Oof. There are so many different role players involved in mm-hmm. the box being number six. It's not about being worse than five other teams. It's about a lot of business on top of all mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Seventh, we've got Scotland, who showed great form towards the end. I mean, yep. who knows? They might even get a runner-up spot yes. in the Six Nations at some stage. They, they, they'll cause trouble. They are going to cost somebody a super the, – the Six Nations, I'm expecting them to. Yeah. France at eight, well, they're languishing, yeah, and they France. don't seem to know what they're doing. They don't care. Mm-mm. And they always wear a different jersey. I can never work that one out. Argentina, that's interesting for me because they're a decent side, but they're all the way down in ninth. Now, they did have a it's, yeah. it's, it's a tough school, this rugby championship, yes. when it's your first sort of proper yeah. – look, it's exactly what Italy's in. Italy needs more rugby competitions. They yes. can put in the Six Nations yes. against everyone is better than them. Sure. Argentina, the same thing happened in the beginning. Everyone was better than them. Box is doing their utmost to make that level. <laughs> but it's very, very difficult to build momentum because yep. you are in the back foot the whole time. Sure. So they're a handy side when it comes to World Cups. We're ranked lower down in ninth right now. It's not a fair reflection, I think, of where they are. Yeah. But it's just been disappointing. Yeah. And then Fiji bring up the top 10. Which is, a, which is good. Which is good. <laughs> well, Italy, as far as being Bok killers, they lost to Tonga the very next week. Mm. So they're still down there in 13. Mm-mm. You know, Italy losing to Tonga might have actually been one of the most depressing Springbok results. I think that's it. It got more traction than any other result <laughs> yeah. in South Africa and abroad. They're like, "Hang on, those guys beat the Springboks. So what the hell are they doing losing to Tonga?" But when I watched that game, yeah, well, Tonga was much better than Italy, and it kind of brought that reality home to the Springboks that we were shit against yeah. Italy. Well, I think learning the, that result about ten minutes before the Welsh game. That's when yes, it was like, okay, yes, all bets are off. I'm yes, out of here. I was like, I fuck, yeah. So let's just have a quick little scan through here. And then, Kev, if you can just close us out with yeah. just some thoughts on this okay. box setup right now. So I started in June, like I said. Uh, Alex he was given the job. Didn't have a lot of time to kind of prepare this mm-hmm. team. He went in there, had some overseas players who looked very much off the mark. Mm-hmm. Pat Lambie was out of the team mm-hmm. in about 10 minutes. Um, and at the same time, the Irish were down to 14 men as he just under was sent off for the incident that caused Lambie's concussion. But they went down 26-20 to 14 players. That was not good. They then went to uh, Johannesburg, played a first half that was so diabolical that the home crowd booed the Springboks off the field. They ended up coming back in the end, so very spirited to come back. They won that one 32-26. And then down in PE the week after, 
a pretty l- limp performance again. If it wasn't for some heroic mm-hmm. defense by Fafta Cloak in particular, the smallest guy in the Bok team, they might have lost that one too. Yes. So they started off the year with a 2-1 uh, June's National Series win over Ireland, and it was a very much on a strength Irish, Irish team. Yes, that's a and problem. we can make no bones about that. They then really scraped, dug deep, and managed to f- somehow beat Argentina 30-23 at Mombela Stadium. From there, they went to Argentina, and when what was, again, a terrible performance by the box, <laughs> they were just trying their hardest to get Monet staying in the pocket for a drop goal. Didn't work. They lost for the first time in Argentina 26-24. They then went to Australia, and in Brisbane... Didn't do too badly for some stages. They should have won that game. They really should have won Mm -hmm. that game. But as what happens currently, recently, 23-17, they went down to Australia. Then they went to Christchurch. And again, there was parts of that first half that played with a lot of spark, a lot of pizzazz, a lot of purpose. But they ended up losing that one 41-13. Then it was into the home series. And they picked Mornestain and they hoped for all hell they can get a lot of penalties. Penalties they got. They got six of them. 6, 12, yep. 18, yes. <laughs> they got six, sorry. So Mornay Stane wins, obviously multiples of three. And they beat Australia 18-10, and that Australian team looked down in the dumps. Yep. And we thought, maybe there's something, maybe, maybe. And then New Zealand said, no, there's nothing here. 57-15, New Zealand just beat South Africa. So then it was off to the end-of-year tour in the Northern Hemisphere, where some players could get a run, other players could prove their worth, and Charles could see all the faith that he's put in them. Well, they drew 31 all with the Barbarians team with a very much experimental Bok team, so not too much was drawn into that. It was then into the Twickenham match where um, Alice Garcia picked the heaviest forward pack they could possibly think of, which didn't do much for anyone's purposes, really. <laughs> and the English, they were very rusty in the beginning. Didn't have a great game, but they still won 37-21. It's still a big, big result there. Mm-hmm. Then they went to Italy to go regain some confidence, but instead they just embarrassed themselves even more. 2018, they lost to the Italians. The Italians had a try disallowed towards the end for a foot and touch. It could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. And then it was the final match of the season, 27-13, to a Welsh side that had just beaten Japan the week before just by like, three points yes. with a late, late drop goal. So, Kevin, as we wrap up the show today, obviously people have been talking about this decline um, ugh, there's other words, other shorter words as well yeah. to use. But just from 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 your point to finish us off here, what is it that we need to address? Because we need to consolidate the points at play here, so that we know in 2017, first we're not going to make the same mistakes, mm-hmm. and secondly, we can actually build on the learning process of what 2016 has been. So, what for you are the real key factors that we need to focus on? And focus talking about just on the Springboks as a whole, or just South African rugby? I think SA rugby right now maybe is a little bit too broad, but just I mean, look. Put it yeah. this way, SA Rugby has to be strong for the box yes. to work because they, they, they are kind of intertwined. So yeah. just box-wise, if you can finish box up wise, I th- I still think that no matter how badly things are going, a strong coaching setup, that Springbok team requires good coaches. Um, you know, I, I think we all felt it when it was announced, when Alistair's Assistants were announced in April this year. We were like, mm. a guy who's coached, um, what, at under 19 carry cup level, somebody who didn't really spark, and then there's somebody else like Johan van Gaan who didn't really sparkle as a coach under Hanneke Meyer. No, but he was just retained. Yeah, he yeah. just retained. When you looked at that, that, that coaching setup looked weak. It just looked weak. I, I felt that Alistair needed stronger people around him. 
and I still think, and obviously there are rumors that are swirling all over the place that hey, somebody from New Zealand or somebody from France or whatever country could could quote the Springboks, but I think that Alistair Kutsia's race is run. I just don't feel that he owns that 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 hot seat. Just the way he speaks as well doesn't he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't look sad. You know, when you lose the way the Springboks have been losing, I would be forlorn or I would be pissed off or there would be some kind of emotion. But Alistair's just matter-of-factly, oh, we lost Dog Day, yeah. Dog Day in my career. Uh, we'll look, we'll find a solution, we'll come back next week and whatnot. But I still think that uh, we need a good set of coaches there. Whether <laughs> there are people who want to Take up the drink from that poison chalice is another story altogether. Who wants to coach the Springboks when you think about the broader well, pictures? You've you got to think expectations are relatively low. You can only go up. But, I mean, I agree with you. I think this race is run. It's kind of like when you ride yeah. a car off. Yeah. You can fix it to a certain degree with a certain mechanic, but you don't want to drive I, that again. I think Ellis is – he can't – Evoke yep. insp- inspired thoughts or determined actions on the basis of what happened now. Yeah. Four wins out of 12. Le, 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 let me tell you something. It did not end well for him at the Stormers. The past 2013, true. 2014, 2015 were, were failures. And what underpinned the failure was a regression. Yeah. So Alistair did not, left under a cloud already and he went to Japan. So already his credit had taken a beating. His CV might have looked, might have qualified him from the spring round job, sure. but momentum he did not have as a coach. He definitely did not have the momentum or the credit to take on that spring job. I was ideal. Uh, I'm an idealist, and I thought, yeah, well, hey, Alistair could see uh, maybe it's an opportunity for him to redeem himself in the eyes of us Stormers fans. But um, I can't say we're surprised that. It went the way it did just because of his. I mean, you keep hearing it. He's a nice guy, a good human being. But as because we keep quoting Nick Mallet, do you want a nice guy or do you want somebody who's going to tell these people up front? You know, this is this is one, two, three, four, five. You either do it my way or you go. Yeah, well, I think it was so succinctly put to a guy who doesn't actually do English yep. very well. Victor Matfield is on the Supersport yep. panel, which is something I've been monitoring all the way through because you get some great insights sure, in the sure. back of the fact that these guys, that they are as frustrated as all the fans yes. are. They just put things quite well. Victor Matfield basically said, we need someone that's just going to grab this thing by the horn, so to speak. And, yeah. And really shake it up and actually just let it sink in what what it means to lose like this, what it means to be this bad, it can't happen. It can't be one of those things like, it's all right, guys, we'll, we'll get it better next uh-uh. week. Yeah. We need a hard bastard there, yeah. just a bastard of a coach and somebody who can play the political game very well. If, if, if he can play his politics because, you know, there's the external pressures, if he can manage those, but at the same time succeed, put, Systems and plays that will make him succeed as a coach We will succeed But then Who is out there in South Africa Who can you point to mm. I, Because I people kept saying uh, Johan Eichmann I don't want Johan Eichmann to leave the Lions no, I want he, him to keep building exactly. we, I want him to build on Create a dynasty He must create a dynasty at Ellis Park So that we have a, vi- a, a strong pillar in South African rugby That we can work around So he, true. At the most he should be a consultant um, there are many names for people who've left our shores to go look, um, for 
more gentle climbs to succeed as rugby coaches if we can somehow cons- um, convince them to come back or look within. I mean, there are people who are not coaching at the moment who think, you know, this guy could make a very good Springbok coach or sure. an assistant. But it, it's all, that's now the ball is in Saru's court. Uh, on that, they have to, whatever decision they take now, they have to take responsibility for it. And it must be for the good of South African rugby. So true. Okay, but you, you bring up two brilliant yeah. points, and I will close out on this, yeah. is that there needs to be a position where the next Springbok coach is going to succeed. And if Alistair Gutsia, with his failings, yeah. learnings from this year, is then going to be put into an advisory role, whatever it must be, we've got to take all of this. This embarrassment is 2016. Yeah. We've got to take all of this. Because in life, there's no yeah. failures, only lessons. Sure, sure. We've got a lot of lessons. We were given lessons in bulk, and we've definitely saved on lessons this year. Is there a will to learn? That's exactly. the problem. That's another thing is. So we got to get those things. And only then, only then will a coach make a difference, mm. I think. So uh, look, the answers are all over because the questions are endless. So a little bit here and there. Yeah. The point is, is that rugby's too big a game. It's too big of a commercial thing in this country for it to fall through its ass like it has. So big changes have got to be made and responsibilities be taken. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. This hour has absolutely it's flown by. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, where can we find you on, say, Twitter or social media so we can catch up with your insights? My handle is Keba underscore MC. Keba underscore MC. Um, yeah, we can chat because I'm, I'm, if you follow me, I, I'm, I express myself. I express myself. Oh, you've uh, done, you've done as much here as well. Yes. So if you want to chat from time to time, I'll contribute an article on Vodacom's, uh, uh, rugby page, just an yep. opinion piece. Um, I'll usually let you know when, when those, um, come out because I just have to vent. At some point I have to vent. Yeah. Cool. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. That has been your big rugby review for 2016. Sure. The cricket one's up next. And if you think this was fiery in places, well, wait till we get the cricket one. Got a great panel for you. It's been an up and down year for cricket. Uh, it'll certainly be more positive than this one. Thanks so much for joining us. Cliffcentral.com.